Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes. Grab a coffee and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds with your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. When I was about 19 or 20 years old, I received a phone call from a friend uh, who we will call Ricky uh, to come and help him and another friend named Bobby. Both names are made up. Um, He asked me to come and be backup for him for a fight. Now, Ricky and Bobby were both a little bit younger than I was, but we were in a fraternity together and we had always hung out. Uh, we had gone to fields in Nebraska and, and, you know, had purposely gotten stuck in a truck so we could winch ourselves out. And we always had great times and we always got into trouble and stuff, but it, it was a lot of fun. Well, when he called me, I wasn't, I didn't have a car. I didn't know how I was going to get there. And then I was like, well, I'll call my neighbor. And he'll come because he'll be super excited for this. And my neighbor was my best friend. I had mentioned him in another episode. And um, I had taught him a lot of what he knows as far as for fighting. And um, he was in martial arts with me for a while, but then he, he quit before he got his black belt. And after I got mine, I started teaching him things. And he was always looking to get into a fight. So he was really pumped for this. And he said, yes, Absolutely. So we drive um, probably about 25, 30 minutes to meet up with these guys, Ricky and Bobby. My friend's name, we'll call him Roberto. When we get into this development where the fight's going to happen, from the main road, you can't see into it. It's not like Nebraska's hilly so much, or definitely not mountainous. But the way this was positioned and created, you really couldn't see anything. Now, this was a development that at one time was built with roads for like a housing project but then that got scrapped and then they were going to build like a shopping center there instead i haven't been there in years and supposedly there is a shopping center there now but when we were there it was just empty roads in the form of like a big maze because it was going to be a whole neighborhood and that was it and there was just empty fields and we would go there once in a while to to do donuts and and stuff and get stuck and have some fun. Remember, it's Nebraska. That was what was fun at the time when, you know, you didn't have, we had cell phones, but we didn't have the internet really. It wasn't a big thing at the time. So that's what you did. There wasn't anything else to do. So we go into this development and when you go in, you can't see the location where we're going to meet them. It's dark for one. There are no lights. There are no street lights. There was no electricity in that area at the time. It was the very bare minimum roads, and that was it. No irrigation system, no nothing, Um, or no sewage thing put into place. It was bare. So going in through the entrance of this development, 
Um, we drove a little ways, and I told him to stop, told Roberto to stop, and let me out. I got out and hid in a ditch to wait for the other guys, because I was talking to Ricky on the phone, and they were the only ones there yet. The other kid, who we'll call Caesar, was nowhere uh, to be found yet, okay? So he didn't show up. And the reason that Ricky and Bobby asked me to come is because supposedly Caesar was bringing friends. So they just wanted some extra backup just in case. To begin with, Ricky and Bobby were the only ones that were going to fight Caesar. And it's not like Caesar was a big guy. In fact, he was shorter than both of them. But he was a little stocky. But they had been fighting for a while. Um, Caesar was the kind of person who loved to tell stories, but they weren't very good stories. And it was about him being on a professional motocross team. He had a bike, but he barely knew how to use it. He had taken it out with us a couple times and he barely stayed on it. It was, it was funny to see. So they always teased him and the teasing got too far and Caesar, you know, got fed up. And so there we, that's what the fight was all about. I'm left in this ditch in the pitch black waiting for Caesar and his friends to come. Roberto, I gave him directions. He's never been there before, but I told him, you know, how to get to the spot where they're going to hang out. It was like in this dead end. That's where Ricky and Bobby were going to be, and that's where Caesar was going to meet them. So I hang back, and I'm talking to Ricky on the phone, and I hear a truck coming, so I'm like, okay, this has got to be them, because no one else is going to this development. No one drives through it. We, the, all the times that we had gone there to, to mess around, no one has ever been there. We had never seen anybody, so it has to be him. I hang up, and as the truck has come around, they can't see me because I'm ducked down. As the truck passes me, I get up out of the ditch onto the road, and I yell, Hey! And they stop. Caesar's behind the wheel. He backs up. He's got three friends with him, and uh, they're all inside the cab. It's obviously a you know dual cab, so... He gets out of the truck to come around to see who it is, as well as two of his friends. One friend stayed inside the, the truck. As soon as he sees it's me, he says, get in the truck, get in the truck, get in the truck. And his friends just, the friend, two friends that came out just hopped into the bed and he peels away and goes. And I start laughing. And then I'm like, oh crap, how am I going to get over there? <laughs> and it's, it's a winding road. And I... I think I know exactly where it is if I cut through the field, but I'm not positive. So I had to actually run the road and it's uh, probably another mile to get there. Probably not that, that far, but at the time I was in good shape. So it, it, it was okay. So I run and by the time I get there, Roberto, my friend that I brought with me is parked in the way that his headlights are shining over the area where the other guys are. And I get there and Ricky and Bobby and Caesar are yelling at each other. Roberto's just standing by his car. He looks at me, he's like, so what are we going to do? I get the attention, like I make sure that Caesar's friends see me, and I take off my shoes and my socks and put them in Roberto's car. Roberto does the same. And I walk over to the tallest guy that Caesar brings, who's probably eight inches taller than I am, and I just stand right next to him, facing... Caesar, Rick, Ricky, and Bobby as they're fighting, and I'm right next to him, uncomfortably close. 
and with my arms crossed and I don't say a word. I don't look at him. I don't do anything. And for like a split second, he just looks down at me and then like kind of like shifts a little bit to the left. And then I get right back up on him and he's incredibly uncomfortable. And then I start pacing. Roberto's on the other side of the area, just like waiting for me to do something. But his arms are crossed too. He's, he also has no shoes on and he's just watching me and he's, and he sees what I'm doing. So he stares down the three guys and I'm just walking around and I get really close to the other guys, you know, right behind them. And they're getting antsy. They're, you know, start shifting a little bit. And finally the taller guy, like he converses with his friends very, very quietly all the while Ricky and Bobby are still shouting at Caesar. Nothing's happening. You know, it, it, for like five minutes, nothing. They're just yelling. They're not going to fight. But his friends, um, the tall, taller one, comes to me and says, Hey, man, how's it going? And tries to have a conversation. I just stare at him. I'm staring up, but I'm staring at him. He goes, Hey, um, I don't know what you're planning, but we're just here just to like, just see what's going on. We're not going to do anything. And then I calm down and I go, Okay, sounds good. As long as you guys don't do anything, then you won't have to worry about it. So he's calmed down. He's like, oh, oh, thank God. And he starts talking to, to me. And we're having just a conversation while the others are yelling. And we realize that nothing's going to happen. And, I, and finally I said, all right, look, Ricky, Bobby, it's time to go. This isn't, nothing's happening. You don't need me and my friend Roberto. These guys aren't going to do anything. So let's just go just shake hands do something and let's get out of here it's it's dark let's go and then before anything can happen we hear whoop whoop and look over and headlights come on flashing lights come on and it's a cop it's like oh no this is not what you want here's a group of guys in the middle of a field in an abandoned area i have no shoes on roberto has no shoes on there's no good reason for us to be here. Thankfully, we didn't have like any drinks or drugs or anything. Not that any of us were doing drugs, but there was nothing, no contraband. But still, what are we doing here? So the cop comes over. He walks past Roberto's truck, kind of looks in with his flashlight, and walks over to us, looks at me, looks down on my feet, flashes light on my feet, and flashes back in my face. And at this point, I think Roberto actually put his shoes on, so that's why... It, that didn't get him. Yeah. Roberto had, when he saw that nothing was happening, I was de-escalating this situation. He had gone back and got his shoes on. I think he got on the cell phone and he was talking to somebody and, and then he came back out and then that's when the cop came. So I was the only one shoeless. The cop flashed his flashlight at my feet, then at my face. And then he said, what's going on here? And my friend Roberto and I had to talk because no one else was. Something happened, and the cop asked to search the vehicles. He wanted to make sure that there was nothing going on. We all said, fine. And he started with uh, my friend Roberto's car. Uh, it was a 4Runner. Yeah, Toyota 4Runner. He started searching it. Roberto gave him permission, and then he wished he didn't. Because in the back of Roberto's trunk was a butterfly knife and a bow staff. Two weapons, essentially. Uh, the butterfly knife, for sure. And the bow staff in the right hands, definitely. 
so the cop holds them up and says, what are these? Roberto comes over and, you know, starts explaining what's going on. Like, he's like, you know, I'm a martial artist. These are weapons that we train with. And obviously a butterfly knife is not something we train with. You know, a butterfly knife that I actually gave him was just something just to play around with. And, you know, because you flip it around and it just looks cool when you're doing it. It wasn't sharp or anything, but it was just something to, to play with. And the, the bow staff was his. Um, yeah, it was his. Um, but he was he was just learning how to use it. He didn't know exactly how to do it. Uh, I had only shown him a few things at that time. So the cop goes into his car, has the weapons with him, and, you know, goes on his radio or, or something. And we're all standing out there like, oh, crap, this is not going to end well. By this time, Caesar and Ricky and Bobby, they're all, they're not friends again, but they're, they're talking civilly. And everyone's just panicked that something's going to happen. The cop gets back out and, you know, has my friend Roberto go over to him and starts talking to him about something, but they're very hush-hush. And the cop secretly, you know, discreetly, I should say, hands my friend back his weapons and puts them in the car. And supposedly the cop said, listen, next time just don't have these out and definitely don't come into a field with these things and you know, we won't have a problem. So the cop comes over to the group after that and says, all right, I'm leaving and I'm going to come back in five minutes. And if you're still here, I'm writing you all up. And we're like, okay, no problem. We're taking off. And then he looks at me again, looks back at my shoes, and he says something. I can't remember exactly what he says. Shakes his head and he says, you know what? You guys leave first, and I'll follow you out. <laughs> Can you just... <laughs> Here's this crazy person without shoes on. And I was like, okay, no problem. And we get in our cars, and we take off. And he, he does. He follows us out, and we don't go hang out with anybody else. Um, Roberto and I just go home, and that's it. And uh, I, I was like, it was actually a really funny time. And then, you know, obviously it created a story. And uh, it was just, it was interesting to see how freaked out people get when you do something as simple as just take your shoes off. <laughs> and it scared them. It was, it was terrifying. Uh, and I, I probably would have been terrified too if I didn't get the whole idea behind it. But that was fun. And that was probably one of the last fun things I did with my friend. Roberto, um, we had, he was the one that I ended up going out to Virginia with. And, you know, then he ended up leaving me there in Virginia to go home. And that was like the last time that we actually had a good time. Because when, once he moved back to Virginia, like his, his life started like just falling. And, you know, as of now, I have no idea where he is. Um, I had last time we talked to him was a couple years ago and he had gone into some trouble and to the point where it kind of seemed like he was going to prison. And I don't know all the details cause I was getting it from him and he's bipolar now and he wasn't on his med medication at the time. So for, for the, the time since he got back to Nebraska from Virginia to just a couple years ago, we're all ups and downs, um, on medication, off medication. 
and he had been through some really weird stories and really terrible things and um just his life just completely just took a turn for the worse and the last time i talked to him over the phone it was on a different number that he had never called from before so i can't get a hold of him and the conversation was cut off abruptly while he was trying to explain something and i felt like we were getting some like breakthrough i was actually going to learn something about the situation in which he got into trouble but when the phone cut i called back and the phone number was disconnected that quickly i mean something went on and i haven't been able to find him since i i put out like i paid for like alerts on white pages to um any changes in phone number or address and for the longest time nothing was there and then finally i got an alert a couple months ago about his address change and phone number change and i called the phone number and it was the number for like a construction company and i left a message just in case it was him but it wasn't it's not him and the address is some um tiny complex in in iowa that he he had never lived in before so i i have no idea where he is most likely i mean i hope not but he's probably in jail and i had searched online to see if like you know public records would show that but nothing's reflected the only thing that comes up is his arrest um from this particular event that he is probably in jail for because it was, it was a serious thing it's a shame because um like i said we were very close growing up we had done a lot together we lived right next door to each other it was always very charismatic he was a good-looking guy um, he always had a nice car because he, he worked for it. And I always thought that he would eventually be, you know, like a lawyer or something because he knew how to talk his way out of things. And I had told him on a previous conversation over the phone, you know, during this time of, you know, not really connecting anymore, that I expected more from him, you know, because his path wasn't this. And it, it wasn't all because of, you know... Um, being bipolar i mean he wasn't taking medication at times so that's that was on him but i mean he still was able to to function and able to to do things and he started this little landscaping company but he never i don't know he wasn't motivated enough to to excel with it and you know it it's just it's sad because i don't know where he is now and obviously he has an arrest record He's had a few arrests over the years, and it's been, I don't know, it's a shame. You know, I, I doubt he's ever going to listen to this, but if he does, hopefully he reaches out. That would be great, or if anyone knows where he is. Because if, if, you, if you're listening to this and you know him, you'll know just from details that I gave that who this person is. So if you do, you know, send me a message. That would be great. Do you know how many words for snow the Scottish have? Does anybody know? I mean, you can have several words for one thing. But the Inuits have 50 different words for snow. 50 different words. That's a lot of words for one. But the Scottish, 
We're like, hold my whiskey. We have 421 terms for snow. Not kidding. Words like fiefel, flundriken, snaupauther, spitters, umbrak. They all mean snow. 421 words for snow. I should do a podcast just reading off all the terms for snow. I think it would probably be over an hour long. I don't know how long it would be to say 421 terms. Especially terms that I probably won't know how to pronounce most of them. Uh, Umbrock might not be the way you say that. Fiefel might not be the way you say that either. I think I would want to know how to pronounce each and every one of those words. I think I'd have to do a lot of research before I even started. It's That's too many words for snow. That's too many words for anything. 420 words to say snow. Call it snow. Look, here's a snow. Sneasel. Skelf. Unbelievable. I, I just, uh, wow. I mean, maybe they really like snow. And then it's just, you can't describe it in just one or two words you need you need over 420 and why 421 i don't know maybe they had 420 like ah that's probably shouldn't leave it at 420 that has uh, implications that go with it let's do one more just one more and they're like feeful perfect someone sneezed (laughs) feeful and that's that's what came out and they're like oh perfect that's all we need or sneezel it's just it's you don't need 421 words or terms for one single word it's ridiculous i need to interview someone that's scottish so we can go over this and come to the bottom of it you know someone that knows what's going on someone that's you know deep into the culture of scotland and knows all the history and knows why i mean you know every snowflake supposedly is different so you know i maybe they need that many terms because it's so endearing snow itself is just it's so lovely for them that one or two words isn't enough 421 there it is appreciate everyone listening and uh, i'm getting good feedback um, one of the things that I've been told is that people like when I laugh and wish I would do it more. And the problem with that is, uh, I, I love to laugh too. However, I'm just by myself. I don't have any kind of underlying disease that would cause me to laugh all the time. And I usually don't entertain myself that much that I can just constantly laugh. So I'm going to have to have guests on. And since before I even started this podcast, I've wanted to have other people on it. I even asked people if they want to start a podcast with me. And in the moment, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And then, you know, nothing ever happens. So I actually have talked to a few people and I'm going to reach out to more and hopefully start having guests that can come on. And I have some really good ideas for things that we can do uh, for topics and stuff. So look forward to that because I am. And, uh, yeah, see you next time. Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing, 
is by Yovino Consulting in Glencove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The theme song was written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo on a guitar that I gave him because I don't know how to play. If you reach this far in the show, please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. See you, not see you, next time.